Hey nerds, the audio on this episode is less than perfect. We had a microphone crap out. So despite that, we do think that the content is amazing. So we hope you enjoy this Independence Day episode. Happy Independence Day. Happy Independence Day. A little late, but that's okay. Nerd is a new cool. We're going to talk about Independence Day. First off, how are you? John? I'm good. How are you? I'm it's a long time no see. I know, right? We just saw each other 12 hours ago. Yeah. How was your Independence Day? I know it's been a few weeks. Uh, it was It was good. Spent it with my brother over at his house because his birthday is the next day, July mm-hmm. 5th. So happy birthday, Andrew. He's an old man. He is um, an old but man. Yeah, we hung out over there. Fireworks everywhere. Felt bad for my dogs because we left them at home, and they, they don't do terrible with them, but they don't do great. The beagles don't care. I'm worried about the big guy. Yeah, our new neighbors are really awesome, but there's a lot of they are very enthusiastic about about fireworks. Uh, we have some people in our neighborhood too, where they're shooting up mortars in the street. They're, and they were doing it like the whole weekend. Like uh, the whole next night at like 1 a.m. I'm like, Jesus, aren't no. those fireworks fucking gone yet? I no, mean, they're people. scaring me. I know people that go all out, like thousands of dollars in fireworks every single year. Well, this is Jana's, my wife's, one of her favorite holidays. Really? I think she likes the barbecuing and the sitting around. And the drinking. And the eating and drinking. And the day drinking. That's why Thanksgiving is her favorite holiday. Because all it is is She just eating. sits around and eats and drinks. Awesome. Which is pretty great. So here, we're going to talk about Independence Day, and we're going to talk about the holiday, and then we're also going to talk about, uh, you know, some media that's been, uh, that's come out about Independence Day. Right. Patriotism, all that stuff. Yeah. So let's jump into some nerd facts. Independence Day, a little bit of history, and I would think that most people know these. I was actually surprised how much additional information I found as kind of going through a little bit of background about Independence Day. But like the basics, like as long as you didn't sleep through every history class you ever took, you probably picked up some. Yeah, we're not going crazy on this. We're just going to tell you a little bit about the actual holiday and how it was established. So Independence Day is also known as the 4th of July. It's a federal holiday in the U.S. It commemorates the Declaration of Independence of the United States on July 4th, 1776. Yes. So during the American Revolution, the legal separation of the 13 colonies from Great Britain in 1776 actually occurred on July 2nd, when the Second Continental Congress voted to approve a resolution of independence that had been proposed in June by Richard Henry Lee of Virginia, declaring the United States independent from King George. King George, best character in Hamilton, by the way. Yes, he is. So after they voted for independence, Congress turned the attention to the Declaration of Independence, which, if you don't know what that is, it's a statement explaining the decision for independence. It's the actual document. And it was actually prepared by a committee of five, and Thomas Jefferson was its principal author. Again, let's just say, if you don't know the history, just watch Hamilton. You'll learn a lot of these things. You will actually (laughs) learn a lot. It was was pretty close. Yeah, Yeah, but also read about it. Read a book, take a class, pay attention. Congress debated and revised the wording of the Declaration to remove its vigorous denunciation of the slave trade, finally approving it two days later on July 4th. Really? Mm, yeah, yeah. Hmm. So there, there's, I mean, right there, trouble already started. So historians have long disputed whether members of Congress signed the Declaration of Independence on July 4th, even though Thomas Jefferson, John Adams, and good old Ben Franklin all later wrote that they had signed it on that day. So there's dispute whether it was actually on July 4th. But those three said it happened that day, so let's just go with, with their word. 
but most historians have concluded that the declaration was signed nearly a month after its adoption on August 2nd and not on July 4th as commonly believed. Mm -hmm. Thomas Jefferson and John Adams, the only two signatories of the Declaration of Independence, later to serve as presidents, so they had the only two that were presidents, they also died, this is crazy, on the same day, mm -hmm. July 4th, 1826. Yeah. And that was actually the 50th anniversary of the Declaration of Independence. They, they made it to 50. The only, the only U.S. president to have been born on Independence Day was probably one of the quietest and most unknown, Calvin Coolidge, who was born on July 4th, 1872. Yeah, James Monroe was also born on July 4th, 1831. He died. Oh, I'm sorry, he died July 4th. Right, he wasn't July 4th. He, 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 he was a founding father. He was a founding father. He was not president, but he was He died father. July 4th, 1831. I read it, that wrong. In 1777, 13 gunshots were fired in Salute, once in the morning and once again as the evening fell, on July 4th in Bristol, Rhode Island. An article in the July 18th, 1777 issue of the Virginia Gazette noted a celebration in Philadelphia in a manner a modern American would find familiar. So this is an official dinner for the Continental Congress, toasts, 13 gun salutes, speeches, prayers, music, parades, fireworks. Um, ships in the port were decked with red, white, and blue. So, you know, kind of the kind beginnings of, of the celebrations. Kind of, of what, this. You, what you see today almost. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In 1778, from his headquarters at Ross Hall near New Brunswick, New Jersey, General George Washington marked July 4th with a double ration of rum for his soldiers and an artillery salute. I like it. Let's get drunk and. Yeah. Shoot some shit. <laughs> so you can see this is what we do. <laughs> Americans do it. 1779. July 4th fell on a Sunday. Uh, they had, this is the first time the holiday was celebrated on Monday, July 5th. Mm -hmm. 1781, the Massachusetts General Court became the first state legislature to recognize July 4th as a state celebration. In 1870, the U.S. Congress made Independence Day an unpaid holiday for federal employees. I'm surprised it took that long. That's a long time. 1870. Almost 100 years. Right. And even, you know, in 1938, Congress changed Independence Day to a paid federal holiday. Yeah, so it took a so it took time. even longer to actually get paid for it. Yeah, which is crazy. <laughs> the Philippines also celebrate July 4th as its Republic Day to commemorate the day that in 1946 it ceased to be a U.S. territory and the United States officially recognized the Philippine independence and they call it Republic Day so it's not confused with our Independence Day. Right, because it's their Independence Day. Their independence from us. Day. It's their Republic Day. Exactly. All right. Quick hitters, background, Independence Day of the holiday. Now let's talk about there are a lot of pretty cool TV shows. Oh, let me rephrase that. There are a handful of TV shows and movies that do a pretty fun job of talking about Independence Day, patriotism, all that good stuff I said earlier. Yeah. But there aren't as many as I actually thought there were. Upon doing some research, I was like, you know, there's really not that many that really talk about. The 4th of July. <clears throat> right. I mean, there's a lot to talk about, obviously, like the American Revolution and patriotism and all that good stuff, but like the actual 4th of July. Yeah. Pretty limited. So, who are our regrettably nerdy omissions? First off, we've got a musical called 1776. It came out in 1972. Have you ever seen this? No. Neither have I. I watched some videos and clips oh. on it. I'm not sure I'm going to be watching it anytime soon, but so it's... I do like musicals. You're going to have to check it out. Yeah, catch this one. Compare and contrast to Hamilton. To Hamilton. Yeah, 1776. All right. National Treasure. Dude, I freaking love the National Treasure. I love the National Treasure movies. I like First them both. I oh, know, I know. Me too. I like them both. Mm -hmm. 
it's, it's a good like guilty pleasure film. Like if you want to, first of all, it's completely historically inaccurate. It's 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 it's, it's, it's nonsense, it's, right? It's total nonsense. But it's but really it's, fun. It's Hollywood. What do you expect? It's pretty stupid. It's kind of like the the Da Vinci Code, but of like American founding fathers and, and all that good stuff, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. A couple films that are just set by, during the Fourth of July weekend. I put on here Jaws. It happens during it Fourth of July. That's kind of why they're all on the beach, and it's it's. I guess it has a significance. It drives the plot slightly. It's a holiday weekend. That's why there's so many people there. A little bit of a stretch there. Kind of. Yankee Doodle Dandy. James Cagney, 1942. Another musical. Everyone knows that I'm a Yankee Doodle Dandy song, mm -hmm. or at least. Do you know it? This one's pretty obvious, but I'll let you say it. Born on the Fourth of July. I mean, arguably Tom Cruise's best work is from an acting perspective. From a dramatic perspective. Dramatic acting perspective. Dramatic yeah. acting perspective. Now he's with Oliver Stone, right? That's mm -hmm. a pretty big duo there. A movie that we've talked about before, Glory. Mm -hmm. about, about the actual Revolutionary War. About the Revolutionary War, not necessarily about like the actual Declaration of Independence. Right. Uh, another <laughs> film that was set during the Fourth of July weekend, which is The Sandlot. Love this. <laughs> and I, 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 when I was doing some research on this, I, I just I forget that that's Fourth of July because it really doesn't have that much of an importance. It's, an, it's well, except it's a night game. All and, the fireworks they could have a night game, which is pretty cool, right? And they're running through, and the dogs chasing them with the with the hot dogs and all that jazz. It's, all the barbecue and everything like that. Yeah, <clears throat> we've already mentioned Hamilton a bunch. See that one. A another obvious one, The Patriot. I think these First. last two are probably the two that we had the hardest part. Like we were gonna maybe throw these in there and talk about them. We could have. And The Patriot, I just like to call it Braveheart in America, but you know, whatever. It's, <laughs> it's with Mel Gibson. Except he doesn't die. Thing. He doesn't die this time. Uh, spoiler alert. Oh, give me a break. Finally, you haven't seen it. I'm sorry. Like it's been out for 20 years. Like yeah, sorry. And the last the one, Statue of Limitations is that's old. true. It's you're right. It, yeah, if it was in a previous decade, you're kind of in trouble there at that point. No, not really. The no. last one here is a miniseries on HBO. They debuted on HBO. Uh, it's called John Adams. John Adams. Never saw it. Oh, dude, it's fantastic. Never saw it. I, I will. I. Again, it's on my yeah. long laundry list of shows to watch that I'll never get through in my I, lifetime. I'll tell you what, what's good to do is if you're watching Band of Brothers to kind of just transition into this. It's not the same type of show, obviously, but it has a similar kind HBO of, feel to it. Because HBO miniseries, like... Definitely slower. It's more of a story being told, but it's so interesting. And there's a lot of a historical accuracies to it, which makes it really, really intriguing to watch for me that likes to learn these kind of things. Less action, a little more cerebral, because you know we're yeah. talking about... Politicians and John Adams. And yeah, if you want to learn a little bit about kind of the the whole the politics behind the Declaration and the the you know gaining independence from Britain, and there's a lot of really cool um, political banter there, mm -hmm. and and it's not much as easy to watch. John Adams. John Any more you can think of, shoot us a message. We'll give you a shout out. Sorry, we missed him. So what we've decided today is we're just going to talk about one of our favorite films. And, the, and the, the logical choice to talk about when you're thinking about the 4th of July. Because it is titled Independence, Independence Day. Day. So <laughs> we're just going to nerd out on Independence Day. The first one. Okay, sure. Not the second. Not, just not making sure everybody knows. I mean, I'm sure everybody's probably just assuming that, but the first one. So. <laughs> the OG. We're going to do a kind of a twist on all of our, on all of our categories. We're going to go through the categories. We're not necessarily going to obviously pick the winner. But we may single out some specific things here in each category, right? Mm -hmm. So, Independence Day. First off, just the film. What when do you what do you remember about when you first saw this film? 
So I honestly I don't like so I remember seeing the film in the theater, but I remember the trailers were what hooked me. Like seeing the trailers mm -hmm. and they did a really good job marketing this movie because everybody was waiting for it to come out because I, I you know the trailers were the building exploding and you know the aliens and like you know the Empire State Building going away like like that was like all of that action and like it was I think it was released on Independence Day and like, well that was that was what I remember about it was the the and even even being a young a young lad in high school still reading about these films and the whole thing was it's gonna be released as it's happening so the film actually gets released before I, the build up to the actual detonation explosion of July fourth, because that's yeah. what I mean. So, and the movie actually kind of goes through like yeah, day by July second, July third, July fourth. The fourth actually, well, they win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Which Sorry, is, spoiler alert. Which is win. really cool. <laughs> which is, <laughs> which is what I remember the most about it. I thought that was like a really like you speak to marketing and how how genius that is. It was great, and it just so happens to be also the summer blockbuster time of the blockbusters. You could argue this was. Kind of the not the kickoff of that, but it's definitely like taking advantage of the summer blockbuster. Totally, when that was I mean, a big was, thing back yeah, in the this day. This was '96, in the late '90s, yeah, yeah. In mid to late '90s. So that's what I remember about it. What kind of impact has this thing had on you? How often do you watch this movie? Uh, I don't watch it as much as I should watch it. I don't watch it as much as I should. But I've watched it so many times, I don't need to watch it as many times as I should watch that's it. That's why I don't need to watch it. Yeah, I didn't like to prepare for this. I watched a few scenes, but if I'm being completely honest with you, I was watching it on fast forward just I, to remind myself of what happened because I knew everything that happened, but I was like, oh yeah, I forgot about that scene. So I didn't actually, I only heard like maybe five minutes of dialogue when I stopped and actually wanted to watch a specific scene just so I could rem like remember some details on it. Other than that, it was, oh, yep, okay, and then this is next, and then this is next, and then this is like... I was like, oh, and then this and this. Okay, I don't need to watch anymore. I can no, just, I can basically watch this film again in my head. That's how many times I've watched. Exactly. It. I, I don't need to see it anymore because I've seen it so many times. So the summary: the aliens are coming, and their goal is to invade and destroy Earth. Fighting superior technology, mankind's best weapon is the will to survive. That's the IMDb description. <laughs> Get you. Perfect. Debuted as we mentioned, they July third, nineteen ninety-six. IMDb. Put a lot into that one. They they mail it in on some. That was that was a pretty good. <laughs> that's one. well put. Yeah. So, BS rankings. What these these kind of annoy me. Rotten Tomatoes sixty seven percent. IMDb seven. I feel like that. Think it should be higher. I think so. I think for a for an action film like this, sci fi, this is just kind of what happens. Like this, you just chalk it up to to. You know, the critics being like, oh, it's just a science fiction stupid film or whatever. It's a summer blockbuster. I and mean, that, that, that kind of goes against it sometimes. It's true, but it was wildly successful and it's very entertaining. So, like, you got I mean, that's probably why it's, you know. Seven. And it was the Oscar winner for best visual effects. Which <laughs> fucking does that. It was great. awesome. It's, it's, a, it's a hard hitter. And it was nominated <clears throat> for best sound. And the budget, which this, it's a lot of money back in the day, but when you think about the effects, it makes sense. Seventy-five million dollars. Mm -hmm. Gross U.S. in Canada was three hundred and six. So it made its money back a little bit. Yep. And then opening weekend was fifty. Gross worldwide was eight hundred and seventeen million dollars. Yeah, it made its money back. I should say so. You know, one thing that I'm surprised that they haven't. I've just got Disney on the mind. Universal. I'm shocked that they actually haven't made some. They didn't make at the time some type of theme theme park ride experience. Something like that. 
Like, like maybe it's a chase the aliens, maybe you have to go blow up the mothership type thing. That would be, yeah, you'd have you know? to, you'd have to do it right, because you don't want, like, you don't want the ride for, like, the first thing to be in the ride. The city gets destroyed, everybody dies, and now you got to fight your way out. Like, that's not a very good, like, but maybe kid, it's the that's end. not a kid-friendly Maybe it's ride. the end, you're in, like, the alien spaceship, and you're having to go into the you, mothership. And you would have to pick the right plot line within the movie to make it kind of, like, the positive upswing yeah. and not so depressing as, like, wow, like, billions of people just died, and now i got to <laughs> pick up the pieces and try to win this war. I think if this movie comes out now, I think there's definitely some type of theme park ride that's a, an immersive experience. Totally. Yeah. I'd ride that. Hell, if you think you made it now, I'd still go ride it. I think people would too. I mean, they make resurgence, so we'll, and we'll, we'll talk we'll, about we'll, that. Uh, in a little bit. And you knew that was coming, but whatever. Tarantino category for writing. This is written by two people. Roland Emmerich is probably the name you'll you'll know the most because mm-hmm. he has written things like Stargate, very underrated film, by the way. Mm-hmm. Godzilla. Day After Tomorrow, another one that I actually, it's a guilty pleasure, I like that movie. <laughs> Me too, totally. It's got a lot of really good people in it. If it's on, I'm watching it. 10,000 BC, these next few I didn't really see. 10,000 BC, 2012. I saw 2012. Which is, which is a pretty good, I've heard, like end of the world mm-hmm. type film. It's got uh, John Cusack in it. Yeah, I do love, I do love good John Cusack. And he also wrote Independence Day Resurgence. We'll leave that one off the list. Mm-hmm. And then also Dean Devlin, who wrote... Universal Soldier, and then some, mm-hmm. and then more, the sequels, Stargate, the sequels, Godzilla, and, and Independence Day Resurgence. So basically they teamed up on a lot of things. Yeah, these two are, are, are part of some crime. <coughs> so the Spielberg category for directing, this was also... So, so well, go ahead. Let's go back. Okay. Right. So Roland and Dean, is this the best movie they wrote? Like looking at their oh, credits, okay. like... Do we think this, not necessarily like Peak of the Mountain, I know that's later, but like, do you, th- like, I look at the rest of these and I'm like, this might be the best thing that they teamed up on. You it's, might be able to make a case for Stargate or possibly Day After Tomorrow, but like, I think it's this one. It's got to be this one. I, I mean, yeah, I think Stargate, though, is, is one of those cult classic type films. Exactly. If like you're it, really into sci-fi, you'll know that, but people that didn't grow up when we grew up don't know this film. They may know the Stargate, isn't there a television show, too? Richard Dean Anderson, MacGyver's in it. MacGyver's in it, yeah. Richard Dean Anderson. Oh. I think this is the. I think this is probably the best thing they teamed up and wrote. All right, Spielberg. All right, yeah, Spielberg category for directing. So this was also directed by Roland Emmerich. Now, some, now he's directed a few additional things that he didn't write, but also some things he wrote as well. Mm-hmm. So he directed Universal Soldier, didn't write that. That was Devlin. He wrote and directed Stargate, Godzilla. I didn't know this since we already mentioned it before, but he did direct The Patriot, which is pretty cool. Uh, the Day After Tomorrow, 10,000 BC, 2012, all films that he wrote and direct. And finally, he did also direct White House Down. White House Down with Jamie Foxx. Yeah. Which, I don't know if you're, are you into that, those kind of films? There's like, there's that. There, like, and similar films are, are like Olympus Has Fallen. Olympus Has Fallen, London Has Fallen, White House Down. Yeah, those are all kind of the, well, and they all kind of came out at the same, like, Olympus Has Fallen and White House Down came out like within like a year of each other, I think. Right. So, not bad. Kind of usually what happens. So I look at this. Is this his best directing film? I would say either probably this or The Patriot. Yeah. I'm going to go with The Patriot. The Tom Hanks Award award category for leading role. We basically got three. Will Smith plays Captain Steve Hiller. Mm -hmm. Bill Pullman plays President Thomas J. Whitmore. And Jeff Goldblum plays David... Levinson. Levinson. So my question for you is, 
Again, we're not doing Peak of the Mountain yet, but as far as these three, who really kind of, who do you think is the, the, is this their best leading role? It, Did I pose that no, question no, 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 correctly? No, I get you. So I would say probably no for Will Smith, just, just because there's been movies where he's more prevalent in them. Like, if you think about the plot line of this, it's a lot of, like, diverging things. Like, Will Smith and um, Jeff Goldblum, like, don't meet until, like, 30 minutes left in the movie. They're they're off doing their own yeah. thing. Mm -hmm. um, and Bill Holman's kind of, like, in between them or something like that. So I will say no on Will. It takes a while for all of them to come together. Exactly. Like, they're yeah. all doing their own thing. They're all doing their own thing. Um, <clears throat> so before may, the... Probably not for him, but maybe for... Maybe for Bill Pullman, mm -hmm. Jeff Goldblum, maybe too. So when you think of Will, when you hear the the name Will Smith, what do you think of? What's the first thing that comes to your mind? Probably this movie. Right? Yeah. I think I'm Fresh Prince. Well, I mean, yeah, Fresh Prince. Okay. What about Bill Pullman? This movie. I think of Spaceballs. <laughs> oh. Okay. <laughs> what about Jeff Goldblum? The Fly. I think of Thor, right? <laughs> but that's like a later. Later rendition, but the fly is probably the, the the more appropriate answer. Right. All right. The other four Jacksons. So secondary categories. There's there are a lot of secondary categories or secondary characters. Sorry. This, it, there are a lot of people in this movie. Right. Yeah. So let's just kind of go through a few and and you know I'll say their name and then you tell me what you think of when I when I say that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Marion McDonald plays Marilyn Whitmore, the wife, the yes. first lady. What do you think of with her? It's one of the movies. It's Dance with Wolves. Dance with Wolves. Yeah. I and I, I do too, but I also think of Battlestar Galactica. See, I never saw that. So okay. That's why I don't Dude, think of it. Go see mm. it. What's wrong with you? Just, just stop. Okay. So don't get. So you could keep naming stuff. And so I'd don't. Like, look, so you don't look at the names. I'm gonna read them, and you and you tell me what you think of. Okay. And if you don't know who they are, then it's okay. This one's actually kind of hard. Margaret Carlin, who plays Constance Spano. I'm just gonna tell you what what she's from because you probably don't know her. Do you know her? No. Okay. I, well, other than this, so yeah. I'm just going to say this is what, I, I know this is what her I think of too. But she's also in Unfaithful and Three Men and a Baby. I don't remember who's being in. I remember Diane Lane being in Unfaithful. She's like her buddy or something. Oh, okay. Yeah, I see. No. Got Judd it. Hirsch, who plays Julius Levinson. What do you think of Judd Hirsch? This. It's okay if this is the answer. It's this. this. I, don't know, I don't know him anymore. I do else. think of this, but I also think of Taxi, the TV show Taxi. I know it's be, before our time. I've, I realize I've, that. I've seen that, mm -hmm. but I don't. Yeah. I'm not even sure I've actually seen the show. I just, I know that it exists. I mean, there's, and there's a ton of people in Taxi. There are. So, but anyways. All right. Robert Lozier, who mm. plays General William Gray. That's how you, say, you have to say his name. Robert Lozier. Necess necessary roughness. That's a fucking great answer. <laughs> That's what I think of Robert Lozier. You know what I actually think of, though? I think, or, of, or, over, I think of Over the Top. <laughs> or either that or, or Family Guy. Yeah. Isn't that what that's for? Robert Lozier. Yeah. Big. That's another one. That's a good one, but I, I always think of necessary. I think over the top. Have you seen over the top? Uh, sure. It's like a like, switch. I still turn my fingers and not not in. Turns his hat backwards. Twenty years. <laughs> right. it, it, probably more than that. Okay. Randy Quaid, who plays Russell Case. Christmas vacation. Me too. Any of the vacations, but definitely Christmas vacations. Definitely Christmas. That's where he really. Christmas shines. Vegas. Yeah. James Redhorn, Rebhorn, who plays Albert. Nimziki. Okay, let me tell you who that get, who that is. No, he's the secondary defense. Yes, you got it. So, what do you think of with him? Oh, I see. I can see. I'm. Th I. You can cheat. I think a son of the woman. A son of a woman. That he's like oh. the headmaster guy. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. a good one. Yeah, because I, I mean, I've, I've seen him in other things. I just couldn't like. Brain wasn't working. And the newest, the newest rendition of him is I actually think <clears> of the show Homeland. 
Which, if you've watched Homeland, he's he's Carrie's dad. I yes, I've watched Homeland. I stopped at some point in time. I don't know where I stopped, so I'll just like when I pick it back up, I have to start over. <laughs> well, it's because every season is basically the same. It's just a matter of who who's died at this point. Right. <laughs> so yeah. So I mean, I got like probably five or six seasons yeah. in. But I don't even know. They're still making it, I think. It just ended last season. Oh, okay. last season's great. See? So maybe I'll have to go back and start over. So Brent, I think it's Spiner, who plays Dr. Star Trek. Brickish. Yes. yes, he plays Data in Star Trek. Yeah. That's an easy Next one. Next generation, yeah. Vivica A. Fox, who plays Jasmine, Jasmine Dubrow. This. I think, she, I, think, she... I think I kill Bill. Oh, okay. Yeah. Again, that's not one of, like, again, a movie that I've seen, but not one that I... That's kill not... Bill? I've seen Kill Bill, okay. but, uh, but that's not a... You haven't seen enough to where that, like, you like associate not, with I guess I just don't rewatch that movie like I rewatched like, Pulp Fiction mm -hmm. and Reservoir Dogs. And even Django Unchained, like, I've seen that one a lot, but, like, for some reason the Kill Bills just didn't hook me like other Tarantino movies did. Yeah. Lastly, Harry Connick Jr. plays Captain Jimmy Wilder. I don't even know what else he's in. You know what I think of? I think of the Christmas Friends? album. I think of yeah, okay, he's in Friends. I think that's a good answer. If that's what you think of. I think of the Christmas album because he, you know, he's a singer. He's mm -hmm. like a smooth jazz. I mean, yeah, he's whatever. a he's a crooner. But um, so that, yeah, that he, I think of I think of seeing that, that's seeing what that that's what he's known for. He's not known for acting. He's known for singing. That Christmas album on my parents' counter during holiday season. That's what I think of Harry Connick Jr. That's a good call. Mm -hmm. All right. Backup singers. These are deep cut characters. And there's only a couple of these. First off, we've got Adam Baldwin, another Baldwin brother, who plays Major Mitchell. The only other thing I know him from is uh, the Patriot. He's oh, the he's, he's the turncoat. He's the turncoat. Yeah, no, I got yeah. you. I just had to put it together. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Leland Orser plays the uh, techie slash med assistant number one. He's in a whole bunch of stuff, but the one thing that I always remember him from is Seven. Is he the guy that's the guy that would make me do it? He made me, yeah. That gives me the creeps. That's yep, the that's, fucking worst. That's him. That's seven, yeah. And then finally, Mae Whitman, who plays Patricia Whitmore, one of the kids. Do you know uh, who she is? Wait, Mae Whitman, Patricia Whitmore. That's his daughter? No idea. So I know her as. <laughs> as, as <laughs> She's a kid. Yeah, but she but she's in Arrested Development. I'd say kids can't be. She's in a bunch of news. She's actually like a pretty yeah. prominent actor actress right now. Who didn't even. Know I know her name. best from Arrested Development, and she plays uh, what's like, his name, Junior's uh, Junior's girlfriend. They always call Egg. Oh, her Egg. Do they remember what her name is? Gotcha. Anyway, whatever. If you if you watch Arrested Development out there, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Egg, Egg is uh, that's where I know her from. Mae Whitman. Egg. Okay, backup singers. On to the John Williams category for music. What I love about this category more than anything is when you put a name in there for composers, especially films that are more, you know, obviously films like this don't have a lot of studio-produced songs. It's much more of a, of a composer. How many fucking movies these people have done? Like, they their don't. list, their filmography is like... It's ridiculous. It's so long. It's like, God, these. if you're good at it, man, you can just make this a living and just basically do all the giant, huge um, Hollywood films for your entire career. So this guy, David Arnold, is the composer. Yeah. He also composed Stargate, Tomorrow Never Dies. These are just a few, by the way. Zoolander, Too Fast, Too Furious, Casino Royale, Hot Fuzz, Sherlock, and Good Omens. I put a lot of different... These are all different types of movies and TV shows. Yeah. This guy has a pretty awesome range. David Arnold. David Arnold. Okay. Coming at you. Nerdiest scene. So what, what's your favorite scene? 
God, let's go back. I mean, let's the, go back and forth. So you, you you tell us about the first one. The favorite. I mean, okay. Well, we can talk about my favorite scene. So, so in general, I'll just before we get into these, mm-hmm. for whatever reason, I gravitate to the scenes where Jeff Goldblum's character turns into this, like, proves that he's the smartest guy in the room. Really, it happens a lot. It happens a lot, but those are all. <laughs> those are the, those are the most interesting scenes, though, when they're like finding like. So this first one, like. Him doing and discovering the signal. Not only discovering the signal, but then discovering the purpose of the signal. But this is like the time where the internet was around, and but people were like, "Oh, you can just hack into databases just by clicking a bunch of numbers." It's totally yeah. Fun. I can it's just normal. do this and like find this, and then all of a sudden you found a back door into an alien technology's fucking internet. Well, that's <laughs> not to say that and you're in. Like, there's there's people that can do that. I think it's a little bit more sophisticated than that. They're doing it today. Well, yeah, it's sophisticated, but I mean, they're doing it today. But but what I'm saying is, this is the time when films this is where they they this is they exploited the shit out of that all the time. Right, like hackers and like those types of movies where it's like, oh, I got it. I'm into the DoD database. Really, that was it. (laughs) Yeah, their encryption sucks. That was quite impressive. (laughs) All right, so that one, David discovers the purpose of the signal. That's a pretty cool one with the countdown. Well, yeah, he finds he's like, oh, it's just going to recycle down and like whatever, and then he figures out like, and then he tells Harvey, you know, hydrophobic, and he's like, I got to call my lawyer. (laughs) (laughs) All right, them driving to KC, and apparently, I'm sorry, to say KC. Everybody's leaving. And they're the only ones going in. And just the back and forth between the two. But then The um, driving scene is great, but how I mean it's pretty unrealistic if you if you know like that route from where they are in New York I've to never, DC. Never been there. Well so. it's just let's just say if everyone's trying to evacuate New York City at this time. You're not going You're probably not gonna be able just to be driving without any stops. That seems a little unrealistic. Right. But they're just they're just cruising along. That is a good scene though, and their back and forth banter is really good. And and then like when they get there and like her, him like triangulating again, proving he's the smartest guy in the room. Triangulating mm-hmm. on her, like calls her, walk to the window. And just that whole thing. The initial attack. Just action, so, action yeah. sequences. Yeah, and there's, and there's a lot of really cool scenes. It's not just the attack. The attack is cool, but it's like the build up to all of a sudden everyone realizing, oh shit, the gate's opening, the door's opening. Right. And and then it's okay, like it's, cool. it's like They're a three it's like a three part series it's, or, or, or a story it's it's the gates are about to open the ship's about to open here comes the lightning beam whatever you want to call it and then it's the escape from the gigantic blast it's like a three parter right. for every every city no for every city and like the the general shock it's like oh they're opening up and everybody just stops what they're doing and then just looks and then it comes down and, and everybody's like oh man didn't expect that to happen yeah. and then chaos ensues. But again, real quick, won it won an Oscar for special effects because of a lot of like because yeah. of these types of scenes. And it was old school; they built the models. We'll get onto that a little bit later. Cool stuff. Okay. The counterattack. Yep. The failed counterattack. The, the failed, the first counterattack. Right. The first one where they just again action, like all the fighter, like all the siege. I mean, it was all. It's kind they of had a, a couple real life, but most of it was CGI. Where yeah. It's kind of a pretty cool, pretty long scene too. It's them getting prepared, preparing. You see Harry Connick Juniors and Will Smith's like banter and yeah. their rapport. Then the fight, and then mm-hmm. afterwards, him having to him dragging him you the know, body. Punch, <laughs> yeah, him punching out the alien. Yeah. yeah, and then you know smoking a cigar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so then we. This is kind of the two. I'm going to put these together. You've got two different categories. Arriving in Area 51, you see the ship, and then all the way to the autopsy. I think that's all kind of the same thing. Yeah, because they cut well, different they, scenes, and but... they kind of cut back and forth between it. But then right. that's why I split it out because it was it was one thing of like 
them getting there. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, the president being like, don't tell me you've had this stuff for 50 years, you don't know anything about them. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, no, yeah. And it's like, oh, you want to see them? And then here's the ship and like kind of them starting to understand that like, okay, they came here a long time ago. Like, yeah. well, this is not something new for them. They're coming back. Thanks for letting us know. Thanks for letting, thanks for letting <laughs> me know. Glad you're doing a lot of the research. Right. The, I do like this, another another part of Jeff Goldblum proving how smart he is, the how to give the mothership a cold. Yes. And talking about the tri triangulation and the, I mean, just the, just how simply he draws that diagram, but well, how, how to and, use the... And like the hole where he, he was like, shoot the can. Can't yeah. shoot the can. And everybody gets pissed, and then right. he pushes the button. It's like, now try again. It's like... Yeah. Adam Baldwin showing off his uh, marksmanship. Right. Well, allegedly. <laughs> And then finding pilots just because of Randy Quaid. Yeah, I mean that's that's I, I fly, I pilot. I, I'm pilot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to talk more about the speech later, but the speech is obviously a pivotal scene. Yes, it the, is. The, the the pumping up, just the, the everyone uniting, a new type of Independence Day, and we could basically recite the whole scene right now. And they actually just recently did like a, a oh, follow up to it. So good. A Bud Light Bud commercial, Light but it is God. it is actually really it's well done. It's so good. It was really well done. Yeah, that was good. And then, kind of, again, this is kind of an, like, it's three separate things. It's just an entire sequence of, like, them making it to the alien ship and, like, whatever. And then the final fight scene, like, on, like, they're in space. You know, mm -hmm. Will Smith and Jeff Goldblum are doing their thing. And then they go down there and do their thing. And, they, you know, Randy Quaid, you know, sacrifices himself. And, you know, they kill the, they kill the ship. And then they nuke the next one and then they win like the, that entire basically like the last like 15 minutes right the whole ending scene the, the whole ending victory. sequence of we'll like, put that whatever. together yeah what's your favorite it's gotta be a speech I mean it has to be let's take the speech out what's your next favorite because the speech is an easy one right the speech is the speech is an easy one um, so it's really is like do you like the build up do you like like as they're scrambling or do you like after they've like the whole victory part portion of the film I'll tell you mine I kind of like the build up yeah the build yeah. up is really good well, you take the build-up, I'm actually going to say the whole ending fight scene. Okay. I think it's just great. I, I, kinda like, I mean, I kind of like the build-up. You know, and, and the Randy Quaid just obviously sacrificing himself is a pretty cool part. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, Will Smith and Jeff Goldblum have some pretty awesome chemistry. And a lot of that was apparently uh, ad-libbed um, while they're in the, you know, okay. taking the ship up there in the mothership. Pretty cool. All right. Favorite scene. On to some nerd facts. There was some pretty cool stuff to find out about this movie behind the scene. And there's a lot of stuff. We just kind of... Narrowed down a little Trimmed bit. Down, yeah. So, according to the Devi or Dean Devlin, who again is the producer, co-writer, etc., the U.S. military actually agreed to support the film, um, and and we're going to and had consulted the actors with their military roles, etc. However, when they learned Area 51 was going to be referenced in the script, they withdrew their support. It's not surprising. Not surprising. <laughs> The scene in which Will Smith drags the unconscious alien across the desert was filmed at the Salt Flats near Great Salt Lake in Utah. Smith's line, and what the hell is that smell, was unscripted. Great Salt Lake is home to tiny crustaceans called brine shrimp. When they die, the bodies sink to the bottom of the lake, which isn't very deep, and decompose and cause a smell. Mm-hmm. Stinky. Producer, or production designer, Patrick... Uh... Tatapose? Tatapose. Okay. Presented Roland Emmerich with two concepts for the aliens. Emmerich liked both designs so much he actually came up with the idea to take the alien, but then put him into a bigger alien suit. So it was a combination of both different ideas. That's pretty That's cool. That's kind of where he got, where yeah. got it. Speaking of Roland Emmerich, he was notified one, one day that Robert Loja was very upset and refused to leave his trailer. 
<clears throat> Several days earlier, producer Dean Devlin accidentally suggested to Loja that he watch Airplane for inspiration when he actually intended to suggest Airport. Yeah, slightly different themes, slightly. styles of films. <laughs> Not familiar with either film, Loja rented an Airplane and after watching it thought he had unknowingly been participating in the production of a spoof movie. <laughs> I mean, first off, like, how are you not familiar with the movie Airplane? It's, Ro he, he, it's Robert Loja. He can do whatever he wants. I know he can, but come on, you know what fucking Airplane is. Maybe he doesn't. May apparently he didn't. The president's <clears throat> speech was filmed on August 6, 1995, in front of an old airplane hangar that once housed the Enola Gay, which dropped the atomic bomb on Hiroshima, which was actually 50 years earlier, on August 6, 1945. <clears throat> President Whitmore was originally intended to be a Richard Nixon-like figure. The role was originally written for Kevin Spacey, Devlin's friend from high school. I'm glad it wasn't a, a Nixon type. Because you gotta, you gotta be empathetic towards this dude. Yeah, that right? wouldn't. Yeah, that wouldn't have fit. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, his wife dies. Right. Spoiler alert. Yeah. So if Nixon's wife dies, tragedy. But you're not exactly like feeling for the guy because he's kind of an asshole. Right. Because he's tricky. Yes, he's a little tricky. The White House was that it would explode. It was actually built at one twelfth scale, and the whole idea was just build it, blow it up. Similar to like Star, like the Star Wars kind of mentality, like let's make yeah. these little. And that's why the budget was seventy-five yeah. million dollars. Yeah, but it looks awesome though. It does look great. The final sentence of the president's speech was not in the original script and was added at the last minute for dramatic effect, in an effort to convince twentieth-century Fox not to avoid a legal battle, to earn the right to name the film Independence Day. Yeah, and so can I add on to that? They were abbreviating <laughs> it ID four because there were those legal problems before 20th Century Fox actually reached a deal with Warner Brothers for the rights to the title, they were going to call it possibly Invasion, Sky on Fire, or Doomsday. Terrible names. All fucking terrible names. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Because honestly, I mean... You could have kept it ID4 and that would have been fine. I agree. Yeah. Those, those names are garbage. I mean, okay, they're... Working title? Okay, that's fine. Because, you know, we've... Through a lot of these nerd... Nerd facts, we've learned that like some movies have had some weird working titles. That would have been okay for this, but not as a, the actual name. No, no. The very alien-seeming goo that slicked the services of some Independence Day invaders was actually personal lubricant. <laughs> yeah, throw a little KY on there. The role of Captain Jimmy, Raven Wilder, Wood, that was played by Connick Jr., was actually originally offered to Matthew Perry. I feel like, like he would have done okay. Like he would have done, done a good job. I, I think he would have been fine. He's a likable guy, especially at this time. And, and that's career. and that's the kind of character that he is. Yeah. And you want to feel bad when he dies, like, and he's really only on. Like Harry Connick Jr. is only on screen for like a couple minutes. No. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I like that guy, and then he dies. You're like, oh, I'm so sad. Like, like you oh, literally just met him. <laughs> he died. Oh, he died. <laughs> yeah. The first showings of the film took place on July second, nineteen ninety six, the same day. Like you said, the same day that the events in the movie start. Which I think, that's, again, that's, I think that's, that's, cool. that's one thing I remember from this film, when it debuted, not from the film itself, but just when it came out when I was younger, like that, that whole aspect of it was, this is pretty cool it's coming out when it's supposed to be happening, as if it could be happening at that exact time. Right. Makes it pretty awesome. All right. The Heath Ledger Award <clears throat> for Scene Stealing. We've got a lot here. Heath Ledger Award for Scene Stealing. I'm going to rattle them off. You tell me who you think. We've got nominees are Jeff Goldblum, Will Smith, Judd Hirsch, Randy Quaid, Robert Loja, and Harvey Firestein, or Firestein. I gotta go Jeff Goldblum. I think that's a pretty... I was gonna say that too. I'm gonna give honorable mention though to Will Smith, because he... 
I think this is the first time you see this is the first time you see him as a as an action star. Mm -hmm. Before that, he's Fresh Prince. Just kind of catapulted. And he transitions part. into that. Mm -hmm. We're gonna get into his uh, peak peak of the mountain here. Well, right now, but that that's an, an, a good segue there. Yeah. Jeff Goldblum, but I don't mention Will Smith. So let's talk about Will, Will Smith here. Peak of the mountain. Is this the peak of the mountain for Will Smith? I don't think so. You don't think so? Okay. So let me really quickly rattle off his IMDb page. So this is 96. It's lengthy. He's got a hell of an IMDb page. And um, obviously before that, he's known for being the Fresh Prince. He's a rapper. Mm -hmm. Then he gets into the show, which, when did Fresh Prince start? <laughs> I don't know. 1990. Okay, and it actually ends in 96. So let's go. So Fresh Prince ends in 96. Here comes Independence Day. Let me rattle off some films here. Wild Wild West is on there. Shout Indep out Barnard, <laughs> Wild Wild West. There. Oh, there's, okay. there's your reference. Uh, Independence Day, 96. <laughs> Men in Black, 97. Mm -hmm. And then he's got all of these music videos, getting jiggy with it. Men in Black, back that's to his, being a singer, rapper. That's, yeah, that's his career. That's his Enemy career, of the though. State. 98. Mm -hmm. Bunch, here we go. Wild Wild West, 99. There it is. Ali, 2001. And then we could go into like, he's got a guy. Where's, where's Pursuit of Happiness? Um, it's right down there. That's a great, oh, Bad Boys 2, don't forget the Bad Boys 2, bad that's boys, 2003. Bad boys 2. I Robot, 2004. Shark Tale, 2004. Hitch mm. is 2005. That's a good one. And then, uh, what would you ask me about? Pursuit of Happiness. Pursuit of Happiness? I don't even know what it is. That's, that's, that's somewhere in the mid... Oh, here we go. 2006. Let's end it there. Oh, I Am Legend, Hancock, 2007, 2008. Peak of the Mountain? Is this, this his peak? This is not his peak. What's his peak? I would I would venture to guess maybe Pursuit of Happiness? Just really? because that was his probably... That was his premier dramatic role. No, Ali. Nominated for Best Actor in that one. Was he really? I think he was for... He might have been for Pursuit of Happiness. I think he was Pursuit of Happiness. I'm 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 putting it at Bad Boys too. What year? Two thousand three. So you think Ali and Pursuit of Happiness were on the downslope of the curve? No, Ali's right before Ali's in two thousand one. Okay. So it's like Bad Boys. <clears throat> what's this one? Then Bad Boys. Then Ali. And then after that, he starts doing like Bad Boy Two, Peak for Me. Then he does I Robot, Shark Tale, Hitch. Those are all kind of pretty high up there. Mm -hmm. Men in Black, Three. Men in Black Two. Mm. That's mine. My answer is Bad Boys too. All right. What's yours? I said Pursuit of Happiness. Okay, Pursuit of Happiness. All right, a little bit later on. Okay. Uh, up next, we've got what? Bill Pullman? I'd say this is. Granted, I don't know anything about his resume other than <laughs> what we've talked about here is Spaceballs and this. Yeah, well, okay. Well, let's let's talk about, first of all, <laughs> he was just crazy about his, his career. What I know him from, but I think of the first, besides this and Spaceballs, I actually think of Ruthless People. Which is a, a classic comedy back in the day. It came out in 1986. It's actually like his first movie. Is 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 uh, ruthless people. Then he does Spaceballs, 97. Can I has 87. A, I'm sorry, 87. <clears throat> when I say 97, yeah, obviously 87. Um, he's then in Newsies in 92. Okay. League of Their Own, 92. Sleepless in Seattle. He was barely in League 93. Of Their Own. Wyatt Earp, 95, okay, 94. That's, okay, that's a good one. That's a pretty good one. Uh, Independence Day is 97. No, I'm sorry, 96, obviously. Uh, and then after that, he kind of just, I don't know, doesn't do a whole lot. Do, That's what I'm saying. I think there. it's this one. I think you're right. But I still think of, uh, I think it's Lone Star. Jeff Goldblum. This is a harder one. Thor Ragnarok. Thor, is that, that, well, I think that we could call it, that's like his new peak. That's his new peak. Even though he's, you know, very, very 
limited. Okay, what did you say? You said Fly is what you think of? So Fly what? is what I think of when I when I think of him. When, Either that or this movie. When did the Fly come out? 80s? So we 70s? got... When did, when did it come I don't out? know. 83 was the big chill. Oh, there you go. 83 was also the right stuff. What was he in that? Uh, he oh he's one of the uh, the recruiter guys that's trying to get all of the he's like a he's like a scientist type thing. Got it. All right, I remember him in Silverado. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we've got that in early eighties. There it is, right there. And then eighty six is the fly. He's pretty high up there. Yeah, I think it's got to be that. Because then, well, well, hold on oh, a second. How are we, how are we not saying that? I've got to say Jurassic Park is ninety three. Holy shit. That's his peak. Just kidding. Yeah, I, I got to change my answer. my previous statement. I completely yeah. forgot about Jurassic Park. We'll see the 93. Yeah, Malcolm. But again, it's the same type of character as this guy. He's he, uh -huh. like The best scenes are when he's proving himself to be the smartest guy in the room because he's the smartest guy in the room. Yeah, Jurassic Park's got to be up there. But I'm going to actually, I'm going to pivot back to Independence Day slash Jurassic Park 2, The Lost World, because Lost World is 97. And that was still good. So he's right there. He's still pretty popular. But after that... And he was a little of, more prevalent in that one. Yeah, well, he's like the main character. He's the main one. character in that one, yeah, because Sam Neill is in it. Then he pretty much doesn't do a whole <laughs> lot. Bunch of random ass like side category or side. He's even in Law and Order, Criminal Intent for a while. You know, twenty four episodes of that holy shit. Jesus. And then finally, <laughs> he makes his long awaited resurgence in the old uh, Independ Thor in Independence Day resurgence. In Thor Ragnarok, two thousand seventeen. That's a long long gap there. He's in a bunch of stuff, but it's also like random bit parts. Okay. Yeah. Peak of the Mountain, presidential speeches. Yeah. For this one? Just for presidential speeches, period. Is this the peak? Is this the best presidential speech? It's this or the American president, right? See, I, I have not seen the American president nearly as many times as I've seen this, so I couldn't <laughs> even tell you what the speech is from American president. Oh. Or Really? Really. It's, uh, what's his name? Um... Why can't they have his name right now? Michael, uh, Douglas. Michael Douglas. Yeah, no, I know who it is. I, I couldn't. I've only probably only seen that movie once. My my name is shit. I can't remember what his name is right now. I am the president. Yeah. Because because you, Bob, your two cents are your, your two minutes are over. All right. Anyway, I guess we got to say this one. Either that or um, Dave. That was a good presidential speech. That is a really good at the very end. Speech. That's mm -hmm. a good one, even though he's technically not the president, but whatever. He's all right. Pretending I think, to be I think this is the peak. I think this is the best. This is the best one of all the bunch. But American president's right up there. Is this the peak for hacking computer Ma virus films? Matrix. Oh, see, yeah, we got the Matrix. We got Tron. It's an old school one. War Games. Kind of like War the beginning games. of that. Love War Games. The Net. Don't forget about the Net. Don't I, sleep I, on the Net. Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock. Oh, I I Hackers. That. I fucking love the movie Hackers. I don't care what you say. Garbage. Hackers is a fucking great Garbage. movie. You're an idiot. Hackers is a fantastic movie. <laughs> All right, but we'll say this is probably the peak of that. No, wait. What'd you say? I said the Matrix. Matrix. Okay, let's go Matrix. I like that. Absolutely. Too. Uh, is this the peak for aliens? Just aliens in general. Ah, Jesus. There's a lot. Let me rattle some off. Let's aliens and alien. Those just they're just flat out called alien aliens. Yeah. We've got uh, Third Rock from the Sun TV show about that. Jurassic Park, Mr. Robot. How is Jurassic Park about aliens? Oh, I don't know. You're right. It's not about aliens. I, I don't know why, why I put that there. All right, so it's not alien. It's not just a part. All right, hey, listen. Sometimes I'm doing this and preparing. Is Mr. Late is Mr. Robot about aliens? No, it's not. I, I I meant to put these in the computer hacking section. Oh, okay. Right. I, I've never seen Mr. Robot. No, I was like, I sorry. didn't think it was about that. Let, let, let me. But that's let, a good let's go one. back real quick to hacking and computer. Ferris Bueller should be on that list. Mr. Robot should be on the list. As should Jurassic Park. Because she's a hacker. Yes, but we're like still, I said, 
you're a nerd. But we're still going with the answer for the it's Matrix. still the Matrix. Aliens films now. Alien, Aliens, X-Files, Third Rock from the Sun, and ALF. Yes. <laughs> ALF, you don't think ALF's up there? No, I think absolutely ALF's up there. I but there's so many other Alien movies. I like, think Aliens, can... Aliens is the peak for me. 86, the movie Aliens. Really? I do. I'd have to do a lot more research it's on It's called this, Aliens. I understand it's called Aliens, but there's been so many movies that have Aliens in it. Okay. Peak it's of a, the it's Mountain. A, it's a popular topic. Mars Attacks. My answer. Oh. Don't. <laughs> Alright, okay. Alright, this is the peak for Area 51. Yes. I don't know, it's had a recent resurgence now that they're like declassifying oh, yeah. stuff. Okay. And they were trying, remember they were doing the whole like, they're going to run on it, they're going to like go that was, invade it. That was hilarious. <laughs> I can't believe people actually did that. Fucking great. Oh, I hope everybody, oh, man. oh, it was so funny. What about end of the world <clears throat> films and shows? The end, no, it, it was Armageddon and Day After Tomorrow. That was the peak. Yeah, when those, those when those out. two came out like back to back, like that was the peak. Yeah, that was the peak for end of the world movies. But let's throw a shout out for this is the end, which is a great apocalyptic Amazing film. Amazing apocalyptic. Children of Men is like a post apocalyptic one. Children of Men. Is... What about so, Twelve Monkeys? Twelve Monkeys was a good. Um, um, Mad Max. The book of the Book of Eli. The book of Eli. Those are like post apocalyptic. Uh, uh, post yeah. Post. War of the Worlds, all of them, fifty three, and also the most recent one with Tom Hanks, Cruise. The Road, which was Vigo, another post apocalyptic. I think it was the Road. Yeah. Yeah, post, I think you're right though. Like Armageddon, Armageddon, and Day After Tomorrow. That was the peak. What yep. was the other one too? It was the one that came out right at right at the same time. Was it Day After Tomorrow? Is that what it is? Uh, With Elijah Wood and uh, no, that yes, that was Deep Impact. Deep Impact, thank you. Deep Impact. Deep Impact. Deep, yes. No, it wasn't. Yeah, it was Deep Impact and Armageddon. Armageddon. Those that's, two that's, that came that's, out. That's the peak. Day after tomorrow was like after that. Yeah, I think. Yeah, those two because it was they were both meteors because mm -hmm. day after tomorrow is climate change. That's right. Anyways, but still, so that was the world's the, ending. So that was the peak of meteors crashing into the earth. <laughs> All right, that sounds good. All right, next category. Relatively new one. This is the second time we've done it. A Star is Born category, which basically remake City. What are some things you would make have to do if this was a if this was remade? So a couple thoughts I had. Vivica A. Fox, would she be? First of all, they, they really kind of rag on her being a stripper. Like they, they do. Like and I think, well, it's I don't the think, reason why I, he's not getting into NASA. And I don't think that happens anymore. No. No, I think that's a little more. That's a little. Uh, I think it doesn't matter. It's a faux pas. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for her. She does. wants to. If she wants to do that, good for her. Hey, she's she's not ashamed of it. No, she makes fucking, good. She makes good money. Making more money than I'm making. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> that gets changed. Also, there's got to be a lot more diversity. Period. Yes. I mean, it's basically the gay Fox, Fox and Will Smith. Correct. And a bunch of white people. And a that. bunch of white people. Yeah. I think the bad thing is that they remake this, which they already try to do with Resurgence. They mm -hmm. actually add too much technology, too many green screens, too much CGI. I think the coolest thing about this one is they use the models and they blow them up. And that's like what makes, I think, the sci-fi, the effects look what makes so Star incredible. Wars so cool. Well, granted, they didn't have digital technology back then, but that's what makes it look cool. Well, and that's why, even though I don't like the new Star Wars films, there's a reason why they work better than the prequels visually, because they brought out a lot of the old school models and puppets and dolls mm -hmm. that they didn't really use in the prequels. Absolutely. Prequels are probably better from a storytelling perspective. This isn't the Star Wars episode, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah. The dolls, the uh, the, the, uh, this, the the buildings, etc. I think that's pretty awesome. And unfortunately, I think if they remake this, they'd probably fuck it up. Probably. Mm. Okay, anything else? It's all on a computer. No. 
think we're good. All right. I mean, there are things that I would change, but we'll talk about that right now. Okay. All right. So inner thoughts, inner nerd <laughs> thoughts. Did we learn anything? Do you think strip clubs would still be open? If this was about to happen, yes, I think they'd be fucking booming. <laughs> this, Absolutely, this might be strip clubs, liquor stores would have <laughs> nothing on the shelves. Everybody'd be smoking and drinking, yeah, like, like the like the world was ending because the world is ending. I think you're right. All right, <laughs> do we know of anybody that would be at the top of the building actually welcoming the aliens? Pat. <laughs> yeah, he'd be. Pat, I love you, but you be, would be at the top. He'd be you, you would be at the he'd top. He'd be decked out, like in with Absol- a sign. He would be dressed up like an alien. And he'd be texting us, "Hey, the aliens are coming. Hey. They should be up here. Maybe I will be up here. Do you guys think I should be here? Hey, <laughs> hey, you guys, you guys coming? <laughs> All right. This okay. place is sick. Anyone else? <laughs> I think that's enough. I think that's good. Does okay. I already talked about this. I don't think they make it to DC in time. I think that that's, no. that's a very long... No, we talked about that. No, there's no way. They don't make it to DC. No, no, no. But obviously for storytelling purposes, they got to make it to DC. <laughs> they have to make it. Well, I mean, the movie would be pretty anticlimactic if they're like, You'd have to stuck in you. traffic, end of he'd, movie. He'd have, to, he'd have to borrow the company's helicopter to get yes. there. Like mm-hmm. his cable company's helicopter that's on the roof. Yeah. Whatever. Area 51, still cool? Yes. <laughs> I still think it's cool. <laughs> I just think it's cool too. Because they're still out there. And like, and it's getting different references in other movies, like in a movie that we did, that we talked about, the Zero Dark Thirty. It had nothing to do with aliens. It's just a secret site where they were training the whole time. Yeah. So they still, it's still, I mean, it's an actual base. And, and X, they use X, it. X-Files really reference this, references this a lot and the whole, like, are they out there type thing. Mm-hmm. The secrets are, the secret is out there. No, it's totally. Was Bill Pullman actually a good president? <laughs> I think he did the best that he could. I think he did a shitty job. I think, okay. I think he did the best that he could Let's because he had, no, cause he had no idea what was going like, I think he was very good at reacting. I think as far as a proactive president, like, he's, it's like, like foresight. It's like fucking an hour before the city. Oh, by the way, guys, evacuate New York City. It's about to explode. You've got 57 minutes. <laughs> fucking dead. Good luck. God's <laughs> right. Now, afterwards, he, he, he rallies. He saves he society. Uh, he he learned, well, learned from his mistakes. He just you know, salvaged. He didn't even learn from his mistakes. He just salvaged his, you know. Yeah. He salvaged the existence of the of the world. But then he's like, "I'm gonna be a pilot. I'm gonna show. I have to be." But like, you're still the fucking president. Like, I don't know. I, there's a lot of there's a lot of suspect decisions he's making in this film. That's true. Listen, it works out well for him. It works but out. yeah, he had a few missteps there. I'm not sure he's a good president. Yeah. But he's probably, I don't know, looked at as a good president after post-apocalypse, mm-hmm. post-potential apocalypse. All right, Bill Pullman, mediocre at best. And now, how many terms does he get? Dude, I think that they changed the rules. I, I don't. I mean, I, I can go. I can go either way on this one. Yeah. I think I can go. Like he gets another one. Definitely then, gets another well, one. Well, and then like I'm not even sure that. I mean, how do you hold an election? You know. Well, you know, like like what you were saying. I think he gets another one, and then maybe people figure out that he's a shitty president, and then he doesn't get one after that. <laughs> or they change the rules, and he's just president for life. Yeah, it's it's one or the other. Yeah, I think so. I, I think he sticks around for a few terms, and eventually he's like, I'm, I've had enough of this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go off into the sunset as the best president of you're, all time. You're welcome. Lord. I saved the world. I saved the world. Mm-hmm. Beat that. All right. So let's talk about the sequel. Should there have been one? Should there be another one? Should the one that was made have been different? I so I so I only saw this once. So, Resurgence? as far as, like, should there be another one? I have no idea. Well, first of all, I didn't think Resurgence was a terrible movie. I, I think the premise was, was, I think that they rushed it, and it was stupid. 
Which is weird to rush it, considering it came out 20 years after and I and I agree the original with, came out. Well, so, and I agree with, like, they needed to make another one, because, like, it's sure. just, it's logical, like, yeah, they failed once, they're gonna come back. They got more ships. They got more ships, <laughs> they're gonna come back. So, like, and the whole, like, hey, we spent 20 years trying to get us ready for this, because we knew they were coming back, hopefully we're gonna be ready. I totally agree with that kind of, like, setting the stage for that movie. But again, I only saw it once, so... I couldn't even tell you if they did a good job. Yeah. No Will Smith, though. I think that's the biggest problem. That was I, the I mean, I get you got his kid, dish. but like you got to have Will Smith. And the reason why was basically that he was filming Suicide he was, Squad. And he they was busy. They, they couldn't do it. They should have Wait, that's what I'm saying. It. What's the fucking rush? It's already been it's all, been 20 years already. What's, what's 22? Yeah. Or or figure out a way to work around it. I, you got to put... I don't, whatever whatever he asks for. doesn't matter what number he asks for. Because whatever number he asks for, let's say he asks for $50 million, the movie grosses easily... Three hundred million dollars because, because he's in it. It's just going to make more. Yeah, that's just stupid. So all right, I'm mad about that, but that's okay. Maybe they'll make another one. Somehow he's back from the dead. No, I guess it, no. I guess the, the no. ship. Is I sailed. never died. I faked my death. No, the ship has sailed. All right. Anyways, do you have this? Is, is this for me? This next question. Which one? Why are they this yeah. one? So this was my. Re this was when we were talking about like what would you change? This is what I would change, and this is the one thing that bothers me. Every single time I see this movie, it bothers me. Why in the hell are they attacking something the size of a city with air-to-air -air missiles? Right. Are you fucking kidding me? Sidewinders aren't going to do shit against that thing. You need to like, you need to find the biggest bomb that you can find and then fly over it and then drop it on top of it. Like, right. What are you thinking? Like. You could have every plane in the world, and if they're just shooting missiles at something that's 15 miles wide, it's not gonna do shit to it. Mm -hmm. I agree. Or like get some, sh or get some like ships. Like where's where where's our navy? Where's all our our tomahawk and like Patriot missiles and all that stuff? Like shoot the shit out of those things. Like nothing. No. Yeah, there were some there were some poor military strategies. To right. It was all <laughs> fighters. Well, then where's right. the bombers? Yeah. Like, get a B-52 and just carpet bomb the shit out of the thing from the top. Yeah. Nope. All right. Yeah, better. So that's that's the one thing that really bothers me. So that was that's something that I would definitely change. I agree. Definitely diff different military approach. Very last question. Why do you love this movie so much? I don't. Um. I think probably for a lot of the stuff that we we've, we've said previously, but just I think the connection to our youth. Like this came out when we were in high school. Like the marketing job, and just it was it was that summer blockbuster. It was that, and you, we just just kind of gravitated towards it and just it's one of those movies that will always kind of be like always kind of be with us and it'd be interesting because they just came out with season like season two of the movies that made us mm -hmm. this would be a good topic for that because they did yeah things like back to the future and um, jurassic park is in that mm -hmm. new one so i want to watch that the new season on netflix but i think this would be a good one for that because this has had some significant impact yeah and i this, think so. and this launched the career I, that didn't launch the career, but it put it, it put the it, biggest movie star that we know of, besides it. Tom Hanks, maybe Tom Cruise, into a different stratosphere. Absolutely. Will Smith is now in that category. Yep. Yeah, after this movie, yep. he can do whatever he wants. Yeah. Independence Day, Fourth of July. Check it out. Celebrate. A little bit of nerd outreach. First of all, thank yous. You go first. Oh, I don't know. Oh, I actually I do know. Thank you, El Monstero. Yeah. Rocking that shirt, El Monstero, we love you. We, we, we that show saw, last night. Yeah, we saw El Monstero last night. It was great. Um, yeah, wish wish they would have played a couple different, you know, 
played something off Animals, but you know what? They didn't. Everything. It was awesome. It was fantastic. Can't wait to see them in December. It's gonna be good. I was kind of drunk. I don't remember all the songs they played, but I'll take your word for it. That's okay. I did like some of the songs. I gotta thank you to our producer, editor extraordinaire, his newly formed company, Danny Boy Productions. Definitely give them a shout out and uh, possibly check them out if you're looking to launch your own podcast and uh, aspire to be something pretty awesome like Nerd is New Cool. Danny Boy Productions is where to find him. We'll, we'll put some information in the bio for that. Absolutely. So thanks, man. You're the best. He's giving us a thumbs up. Yes. If you want to connect with us, send us. And that's, that's impressive. Typically, he's just like... Yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't pay attention to us. Do but, yeah. Yeah. but this time, he's there. He's a human being <laughs> behind, behind the curtain. Do not look at the man behind the curtain. Connect with us. Show us. Send us any show suggestions too. Nerd is the new cool podcast at gmail.com. Like and follow us on Facebook, Instagram at Nerd is the new cool podcast. Twitter at Nerd is the new CO2. You can listen to us everywhere podcasts are found. You can also watch us on, on the YouTube. On the YouTube. And we got some pretty exciting news. Some things we're going to start launching. Can I really pivot a little bit into more of the YouTube stratosphere? Yes. What's our new little idea you got for us? Oh, uh, we let's, just, let's talk about it. Yeah, let's do it. Was, uh, well, we don't really have an official name for it, but I think I was calling it Nerd Takes. That's what it's called now. It's called, uh, all right, <laughs> Nerd Takes. <laughs> it's official. Um, so we're just going to, so trying to get some, basically some quick hits out there. So if a new, and it can be anything, if it, it can be a new TV show, like El Monstera that we just saw last night, new movie, new bourbon, new album new anything that comes out that you and I maybe see or experience or whatever, and then we can just jump on and give a little quick reaction to it. So like, Yeah. So if you remember a long time ago, we used to do the What We Just Nerded Out On. Well, basically that's what we're going to do, but the real quick YouTube video hitters, tell us about, we're going to tell you about something we just watched and saw and experienced and what we think about it. Yep. And give just, us a rating. Yeah. We don't know what the rating scale is yet. Yeah. But, you know, just some, just some quick hitters to get our, our opinions, if you care about them, out there. <laughs> Our next episode, though, we're going to talk movies about school. The dog days of summer are coming to an end. The school year is about to commence, and we're going to talk mean, about some films. That doesn't mean shit. Shut the fuck up. It does for us. Yeah. I know. I know. I, yeah. I don't stop. So working. we're off vacation now. But anyway, we're going to talk about some films, maybe TV shows that uh, you know talk about school and maybe the start of school and, and how amazing the school year can be. How how fantastical it can be. Yeah. So, movies about school. Next awesome. episode. Happy Independence, everybody. Independence. Happy Independence Day, everybody. Happy. Well, happy Independence. And happy Independence Day. Yeah. Till next time. Bye bye. Bye bye.